And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you today. Hope everybody is safe and well during this difficult time. All right, lots to get to on today's show NHL Draft Lottery Part One tonight. We'll talk about how that's going to happen and how, if at all, it will affect the New York Islanders. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, an enforcer who later stayed with the Islanders' organization after his retirement. And we have our Back to the Future feature, which uh, deals with a young sniper who has a bright future with the Islanders and who had his first cup of coffee with the team earlier this year. If there's something on your mind, Islanders-related, something you'd like to talk about, a comment, a question, or anything, really, uh, concerning the Islanders, feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes concerning your New York Islanders. All right, so the draft lottery coming up Friday night, tonight, and, you know, the Islanders traded away their first-round pick in this year's draft as part of the Jean-Gabriel Pajot deal. But, here's the caveat, that deal is, the, the, the trade is lottery-protected. So, if the Islanders win the draft lottery, and they'll be picking the first three picks in part one of this lottery tonight, uh, then they get to keep that pick, and the Senators would get a pick in next year's draft, the first round pick. So, that means the Islanders still could be the winners of this draft lottery part one. Now, it's complicated. Uh, it also will depend on where the Islanders, you know, how they do in the preliminary round playoff series against the Florida Panthers, which hopefully, uh, safety allowing it to happen, will get underway toward the end of July. So, again, a lot of caveats, a lot of hoops to jump through, a lot of steps before we know. And I'll say this, 
the odds of the Islanders winning the draft lottery are not good, but there is a chance. It is, thankfully for hockey fans, the first live event that is going to take place with regard to the National Hockey League since play was suspended back on, what was it, March 12th? So, something to root for, something to look at. If the Islanders are able to somehow win, they could set themselves up for one of the top picks in the draft, one of the top three, and keep this year's first-round pick. We'll see what happens. And, again, you know, Lou Lamorello will certainly put that pick to good use if indeed the Islanders do win it. Now, if the Islanders don't win one of the top three picks now, again, there is a part two to this draft lottery, and they could still, if they do not uh, win that preliminary round playoff against the Panthers, they could still end up with a top 10 pick, and again, lottery protected, so they could still keep this year's first round pick if they somehow manage to get a good lottery pick. Obviously, most Islander fans are hoping that they don't get that pick, that, you know, the Islanders win that playoff round against the Panthers, go on a lengthy playoff run, and then the Senators would be entitled to the the pick this year, get it over with, and next year the Islanders would then have their own pick, and, and unless they traded away before then, but you know, hopefully things steadily get back to normal. But for NHL fans, having the draft lottery is at least something to watch, something to root for, something to be interested in. And for the Islanders, there will be a small amount of real drama surrounding this as they hope to get back toward uh, normalcy and, and, you know, having some kind of a live event You know, it's been great watching Islanders games, historical Islanders games on MSG+. And credit to MSG+, they've done a good job of picking games from what they have available and showing them. But it'll be nice not to know the outcome beforehand or to know that what we're seeing in front of us actually does matter. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and... Certainly, we'll talk about it on Monday's show. The other thing that is gradually coming to a head right now, the Ilya Sorokin situation. Uh, Islanders still hoping they can sign him for this season. Again, not that he would most likely play much or at all in the playoffs, but Uh, It certainly would benefit the Islanders to give him some experience, get him over to North America, get things going on his NHL career. So we'll see whether or not that can be negotiated. Uh, But obviously the Islanders want him here. They want him here sooner rather than later. And they don't want him to go back to the KHL, risk a possible injury, you know, delay his arrival in North America. And certainly the Islanders want him here, healthy and ready to go when the 2020-2021 NHL season gets underway, whether that's November or December or even possibly, hopefully not later than that. But we'll see. 
uh, and we'll keep an eye on the Sorokin saga uh, as it unfolds. And again, we'll have more on that as news breaks. And follow us on Twitter. We'll keep you up to date as soon as there is breaking news. Meanwhile, if you want to keep up to date and keep healthy, try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are nut-free. Eight of them do have nuts. All 16 flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and you can lose or maintain weight, but it feels like you're cheating. You're, it actually feels like you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Look at the mint brownie flavor, which is one of my favorites. 15 grams of protein, just 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. The birthday is actually uh, Saturday of this weekend, uh, June the 27th, so uh, not today or depending on when you're listening to this podcast, and it is the 46th birthday of big defenseman Eric Cairns, one of the better enforcers the Islanders had in the early 2000s. Cairns was six foot five, 220 pounds during his playing days, and again played a steady defense. And he was indeed an enforcer, and did a good job of that. Played with the Islanders, uh, basically from 1998-99 through the. 2003-2004 season. In his NHL career, he actually started out with the New York Rangers, uh, played with the Rangers for parts of two seasons before being picked up by the Islanders. In 457 career NHL games, Cairns had 10 goals, 42 points, and let's count them, 1,182 penalty minutes. His high in penalty minutes came during the 1999-2000 season when he tallied 196 minutes in the sin bin with the New York Islanders. So there is your sort of background on Cairns. One of his most famous uh, moments with the Islanders, by the way, uh, Cairns challenged by little Theo Fleury uh, on the ice, and the height differential was huge, and Fleury, of course, did the chicken dance at Cairns, but Cairns wasn't going to fight with Fleury, and, and, you know, in my book, Ice Wars, we talked about that incident, and he told the reason why he wasn't going to drop the gloves. Uh, it had to do in part with the size differential, but more in part with the fact that uh, the Islanders were ahead in the game at the time, and it really wouldn't have served the team's purpose for him to drop the gloves with Flurry. So uh, Cairns, yeah, he was an enforcer, but he certainly wasn't a mindless one. 
and he picked his spots, he knew what he was doing, and he tried to be smart about it and and get things done to help his team win. He certainly did not play on the Islanders when the team was particularly good, but certainly added uh, quality defense and, again, some very good fisticuffs to the team while he was there. Uh, we are going to take a look back at a, one of Cairns's better games, March 14, 2001, at the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Islanders and the Penguins. In goal for the Islanders, Chris Terreri, while Jean-Sebastian Aubin was the netminder for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Islanders got the scoring started in the first period. Tim Connolly scored his ninth of the season. Claude Lapointe and Roman Hammerlick with the assists at 13-22. In the second period, however, uh, the Islanders got into some penalty trouble and uh, a double minor for Branislav Mezzi and that resulted in a power play for Pittsburgh, and Mario Lemieux cashed in, picked up his 28th goal of the season, the only assist to Martin Straka, uh, time of the goal, 8.39, and after two periods, everything was all even at one apiece. In the third period, the Islanders took the lead. Dave Scatchard got his 16th goal of the season, assist to Bill McCault, and Craig Barubi at 255, and then to clinch the win and put the icing on the cake, Eric Cairns with his first of the season, an empty net goal with four seconds left on the clock, Mark Parrish with the helper. Islanders end up skating off with a 3-1 to win over the Penguins, even though the Penguins were a playoff team and the Islanders uh, struggling big time. In that game, Claude Lapointe and Dave Scatchard were plus two, as was Eric Cairns. So he had a goal and was a plus two in this game. Only picked up, uh, in fact, did not pick up any penalty minutes. It was Roman Hammerlick with 10 and uh, Mezzi with 19 to lead the Islanders, who had 36 penalty minutes as a team. As far as shots on goal, uh, Tim Connolly led the Islanders in this one with five, while Terreri, Chris Terreri, making 33 saves to earn the victory. Islanders outshot 34-31, to 31, but still managed to escape with a win. By the way, again, after Eric Cairns retired, uh, he went on to become a scout for the New York Islanders, uh, saw him at several games at the old Coliseum, uh, got to speak with him a number of times. Very nice guy. And so we wish Eric Cairns uh, a very happy 46th birthday. That is uh, this Saturday, June 27th. And uh, we remember one of his better games as an Islander that took place back on March 14th, 2001. Right, one other thing that we are expecting to happen uh, this coming week, uh, that is the announcement of the two hub cities 
for the NHL once the playoffs get underway. Now, again, unofficially, uh, Las Vegas was uh, announced as the likely hub for the Eastern Conference. The New York Post ran that story more than a week ago, although, again, no official announcement has been made. Yesterday, we found out Vancouver is out of the running, and so, again, we are slowly paring down the possible locations that the NHL could use for the Eastern Conference. Again, I think they are going to look, if possible, to have that in a Canadian city. So maybe Edmonton, maybe Toronto. Uh, We shall see. But at the end of the day, what the NHL would like is probably... uh, to have one hub in Canada, one hub in the United States. They have already indicated that no team will play home games in a hub. So if Las Vegas is a hub, that will have to be the Eastern Conference uh, hub. Whereas if Toronto is a hub, the Western Conference would have to play there. But again, I expect my sources indicate that This coming week is likely to be when the NHL will officially announce the two hub cities, and we will have that for you as soon as it's released, and we'll certainly keep you uh, up to date on Twitter and analyze what it means for the Islanders if there is any change from the initial indication of Las Vegas. All right, so our Back to the Future feature, we're doing that this week and again next week. Let's talk about one of the Islanders' better young prospects. He's a player who did indeed get into the uh, his first NHL game this season and scored his first two NHL goals. Of course, I'm talking about former first-round pick Kiefer Bellows. Islanders took him with the 19th overall selection in the 2016 NHL entry draft. He originally played for the U.S. National under-18 team and headed to Boston University for one year, played 34 games at BU, seven goals, 14 points, followed that up with a season in the Western Hockey League with the Portland Winterhawks, so didn't like his experience so much in college, went to juniors after that, scored 41 goals in 56 games, spent most of the last two seasons with Bridgeport and led the Sound Tigers this year with 22 goals in just 52 games, had 22 goals and nine assists. Now, uh, in hockey, that's what we call a Cy Young Award uh, kind of statistic because it looks like in baseball that would be like 22 wins and nine losses. So uh, when a guy has a lot more goals than assists, you call him a Cy Young type of player, and Bellows does need to improve his vision and his playmaking skills. He got into eight games with the Islanders, scored two goals, had one assist, was a plus three in those eight games, but it was interesting because when Bellows was up and he scored those goals, it was nice to see, but you heard Barry Trotz, and to me, this was just Typical Barry Trotz, a great way that he psychologically deals with his players and sort of 
you know, doesn't want him to get too high, doesn't want him to get too low. And when Bellows scored his goals, you know, Trot said, yeah, that was nice. That was a good performance. But to stay in the lineup, he's going to have to do things well in his own zone and play, you know, a full 200-foot game of hockey and not just put pucks in the net. And that's a very good message to send to a young player like Bellows. Now, Bellows, his father, as many of you know, played very successfully in the National Hockey League, mostly with the North Stars slash Stars organization. And so he has an understanding of what it takes from his dad to be a successful professional hockey player. He certainly has the genes, the pedigree, whatever you want to say. Here is the situation, though, as we look at some of the scouting reports on Kiefer Bellows. Great wrist shot, good release, quick release. His shot is heavy, and he has good reflexes. And the thing that I think will be his biggest role is the role of power forward. He can get in front of the net, get rebounds, battle for position, tip pucks in, distract goalies, and that is a very important thing for the Islanders. That's the type of player they really lack. Uh, Anders Lee is one of the few players in the Islanders lineup who can consistently put pucks in the net and play that role, and they certainly need more players who can do that. And let's face it, and we've been talking about this throughout the season on this show, the Islanders need more goal scoring, and Bellows is the kind of guy who can get that done. So, look, Bellows is a goal scorer. Uh, Brian Bellows, his father, was also a goal scorer. Unlike a lot of other power forward types, Bellows is a good skater. He has good speed. He can forecheck well. He accelerates well. Can win, you know, battles for loose pucks. And can change up his speeds, which means he can make moves to trick defenders and make them miss. The whole thing about it, though, is this. Kiefer Bellows is a power forward. And that means most power forwards take more time to develop than other types of forwards. He's six foot one and about 195 pounds. He's 22 years old. Bellows probably needs to put on another 10 pounds of muscle, 5 to 10 pounds of muscle, to be able to effectively play that power forward role in the National Hockey League. Again, it's one thing to be able to be a dominant physical force in juniors, in college, in even the AHL, but when you're up against the best, most physically gifted and biggest hockey players in the world, in the NHL, you know, you have to have a little bit more strength and a little bit more size. Bellows does play solid defense. He back checks. He does help out positionally, and that will earn him playing time 
with Barry Trotz if he continues to do that at the NHL level. A lot of people, a lot of scouts compared his style to James Van Riemsdyk. I don't know if he is quite as talented as Van Riemsdyk, but he certainly is the kind of guy who can help this Islanders team. And as I discussed earlier, I think he is also the kind of player who, even though he only played in eight regular season games, depending on how the lineup turns out and how he looks in camp leading up to the playoffs, they may give Kiefer Bellows an expanded role in an attempt to create more goals on the power play and in an attempt to add more scoring punch to a lineup that has lacked it all season long. I can imagine putting Bellows on the third line with Jean-Gabriel Pajot in the playoffs to try to get more balanced scoring for the Islanders. And assuming he stays with the Islanders organization, Bellows should be a top six forward for this team in a couple of years and have a potentially bright future for the New York Islanders. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice and write a review that does help other Islander fans find the podcast when they do a search. Uh, Also, please tell friends, family members, fellow Islander fans about us. It helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now have your smart device play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Remember, every day gets us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.